Cuánta le gusta, le gusta, le gusta, le gusta, le gusta, le gusta, le gusta. Cuánta le gusta, le gusta, le gusta, le gusta, le gusta, le gusta. We gotta get going. Where do we go? And what are we gonna do? We're on our way to somewhere. The three of us and you. Oh, what do we see there? Who will be there? What'll be the big surprise? There may be caballeros with dark and flashing eyes. So I thought I would open this week's episode with a little bit of a song that kind of reflects where we're going this episode. Let me guess. Luxembourg, here we come. Can you imagine that song's from Luxembourg? (laughs) Luxembourg. (laughs) Like, of all places. Isn't Luxembourg like that really tiny sliver of a country? It's one of the smaller ones. There's smaller ones like San Marino and Malta, I believe, is smaller. Uh, Liechtenstein. Yeah, it's small, though. It's it's a tiny little place, yeah. Because I think it's like one city. Monaco would be another. Andorra. Andorra. Andorra's bewitched's mother. Oh, really? Andorra. Yeah, Andorra. Andorra's nestled in between Spain and France. Is it really? Yes. Oh, that's where they probably got it from. Okay, Dan. Yes. I decided this week that it was time to go after kind of a top 20 legend. Mm. And so this week, this one's been on my list to do list for a while, but I thought this is the week. I feel like I'm in the proper headspace to tackle this one. And let me tell you, there were some surprises, but before we get going, Dan, you'll be excited to know that this week's episode of the weird is going to deal with the Chupacabra. Oh, Chupacabra. Yes. Ooh, a demon. Well, this is the interesting thing about this. I did not know until the last two weeks when I was doing uh, the research for this cast, because as most people know, we record once every two weeks. And each time we record, we do two episodes. So there's two weeks between each episode that we do our research in. And I didn't know that this is a really new legend. It is? It starts in 1995. What? It didn't exist before that. The term, none of it. Oh, I did not know that. Okay, well, that was a great show. Folks, if you enjoyed listening to The Weird, uh, we encourage you to follow us on uh, MySpace. Shut up. Shut up, you troublemaker. (laughs) You know, uh, good listener, Riley is wearing an all-leather suit, and he is just trouble when he's... I used to have leather pants, and I'd get home, and there'd be a swimming pool in my thighs. That's what I... Yeah, they're disgusting. Well, but they looked good at the time, which was like 1987. Do you remember that show we did years and years and years ago where I had to wear gold uh, pleather pants? Yes, I do. Yeah. And our friend Jeff, uh, who was in the sister cast, wore a silver uh, pair. By the end of the run, they were like, there was there was some problems with those pants. Okay, Disco Dan, we are this week off to start, just to start, to Puerto Rico. Oh, okay. So, Dan, today, as you probably have guessed, we're going to be dealing with yet another cryptid. And we now know, because we're weirdites, weirdos, that a cryptid is a mystery animal of folklore that doesn't really have a lot of physical evidence to support it. I did not know that that was what a cryptid Well, when I talked about Skinwalker and I've talked about other legends, I've mentioned the term cryptid, but that's what a cryptid is technically asleep when you're talking and presenting your shows so i don't actually remember anything you say according to facebook most of our audiences as well (laughs) so if 
I've really got to up my game. There's maybe it's my voice. People have said my voice is really soothing. Yeah. Well, we did have a listener that once complained that she couldn't finish our shows because she kept falling asleep. I fall asleep listening to podcasts though all the time because I listen to them in bed, and I'm usually exhausted. And no matter what it is, I'll fall asleep. Yeah, that's right. If you're if you're in bed, you're going to fall asleep. I can't do it. That's reading time. Ah, uh, see, I got my eyes fixed, and now it's tough for me to read. Even with your device. What device? Like whatever e-reader you have. I have a Kindle, yeah, but it's still really tough. E reading is not an easy chore these days. But anyway, I don't want to talk about myself because I do that a lot. So cryptid. It's a cryptid, like Bigfoot, like all those things that we talked about. The most interesting part of this story, like I said, Dan, is there's no folklore to trace. There's no history. There's none of that. It's a contemporary legend, and we don't have a lot of those. I mean, a lot of the UFO stories are contemporary, but this is, yeah. this is a kind of legend that you would expect to have a couple of hundred years under its belt, and it does not. Okay, so where does it start? 1995. I'm going to talk yeah, about where? it. Okay, but like... In Puerto Rico, my friend. I know, but is it an internet or a, like a newspaper thing? What happened? I'm going to tell you. Please, tighten your belt and relax. No, loosen your belt and relax. Oh, Lord. I sound like a hooker. Why don't you loosen your belt and relax? Let me take care of you, big boy. I bet your wife doesn't do this. Okay. So, I going to also introduce another term to the cast, tautology. And tautology is something that exists because we know it must exist. It has to exist, right? It's like God in, in certain religions, okay? I believe you. So the legend, Dan, because you were so uh, aggressive about, about where is this starting, it surfaces around 1995 and we're in a small community of Moca. I'd love oh. to come from there. Where are you from? I am from Moca. This is in Puerto Rico. And in that community, there's a number of livestock deaths have occurred. The news spreads and it becomes very sensational. Puerto Ricans are a superstitious people. There's a lot of rural people in Puerto Rico. And so once the news breaks into the mainstream media, it travels across the entire country. Now, the villagers in the Moca area believed that the killings are being committed by a creature known as El Vampiro de Smoca. And that's, of course, I don't even think I need to the translate the vampire? vampire of Mocha. Yeah. It sounds like something that would haunt Starbucks. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. Hello, yeah. I'm the Vampiro de Smoca. Yeah. Can I have a mocha, please? <laughs> I'm doing a bad, also South American uh, imitation. I'm sure everybody They're not is South American in Puerto Rico. The Puerto, but I, but that's what I'm doing. I'm doing South like South American. I'm sure the Puerto Ricans are all going to oh. be like, we don't sound like that, and I'm going to lose a hundred subscribers. You noticed last week that I did not try to do an Australian accent because we have a sizable Australian lis listenership, and I just can't do that one well enough. It's a really gonna... beautiful accent, but I can't even begin to do it. I don't know what I'm talking about. I like the way you're, you suddenly had an overbite while you were doing that. I did not have an overbite. So rumors, while the vampire of Mocha was a popular theory, another popular theory was that the murders of the livestock was the grisly work that of a local satanic cult. Of course. So the satanic cult was up to no good, Dan. Interestingly enough, all of the dead animals had been completely drained of blood and almost uniformly had small circular incisions on their necks or on their bellies. And these incisions were evident on all of the corpses. So it wasn't just one. 
sort of like a, a tiny mouth latched on. Yeah, I guess a tiny mouth with big incisors. And, and these are and just these are verified accounts. Like this happened. The police were okay. So it's not like an absolutely internet, uh, sensation. This actually did happen in. Mulcahy. Well, no, and I'm going to mention this later. Like these people can't afford to lose livestock. Yeah, yeah, true. Something interesting I learned is that in Puerto Rico, a lot of these um, uh, families, these rural families, all have a goat. I guess for goat's milk and stuff, a goat is a very common mm-hmm. domestic animal. All right, so we're still in 1995. A Puerto Rican farmer discovers that eight of his sheep have been killed during the night. And each of the animals has the same puncture mark evident on its chest, and they had all been completely Exsanguinated. I had to use that word because it's so beautiful. And no, no blood in the vicinity. No. That's odd. So it's escalating. The whole situation's getting out of control and people are starting to freak out. Now we're moving to Canovanus. And in Canovanus, over a hundred animals have been reported to be missing or dead due to extreme blood loss during this time. In that village, and this is a very famous story, a woman named Madeline Tolentino was at her mother's home and she was taking an afternoon nap. And all of a sudden, her sleep is broken by her mother shaking her and going, come to the window, come to the window. Mm. She said, I've seen something strange. You have to come to the window. So she rises through the fog of sleep and runs over to the window at her mother's behest. And she's horrified to see a creature just outside the window moving across the yard that is completely the stuff of nightmares. She described it as being long-limbed, impossibly long-limbed, with a spiny back and huge black eyes. She also noted as it moved and as its arms moved back and forth that there was a web-like film evident beneath the arm suggesting that it might be able to fly. Was it walking upright? Yeah, it was walking upright on two legs. She also noted, and I guess she was interested in this kind of thing, but there were no genitals on the monster. It was like a Barbie. It was like a Barbie doll. It was just smooth. It was was smooth. Just smooth with no... Maybe it was wearing trousers. No, it was naked, much like we are. Madeline screams. The creature turns, looks at her, and immediately retreats into the nearby jungle. Now, that sighting was corroborated by a worker and her husband who were working on a car in a garage right across the street. So they both saw the creature as well and were also horrified by it. Now, here's an interesting note. She claims to have seen the creature once again standing between two trees on the side of the road as she drove by in her car. Now, her 11-year-old son, when uh, they stopped on the side of the road to get a closer look at the creature, got out of the car and was overwhelmed by the stench. Well, yeah. Oh, the stench. I thought you were just the fear of all of it. But the stench is bad, too. Apparently, the stench was overwhelming. So, with the help of a well-known Puerto Rican UFO researcher named Jorge Martin, or I guess Martin, Martin? I'm trying to say it the way they'd say it. Jorge Martin, I guess. Would it be Jorge? It is. Oh yeah, you're right, Jorge. Jorge. Uh, She puts together a sketch of what she saw. Now, I'm putting this in here, and I could put this at the end of the podcast, but it's important because it comes up in every story that is associated with the Madeline Tolentino sighting. Earlier that year, she had seen the movie Species. Okay, with Natasha Henstridge. Yes, and the creature she described and also got the UFO researcher to draw 
is almost identical to Syl from that movie. To to what Syl or what she looked like in that movie. Well, you don't have to, but what I'm saying is it's almost a duplicate. So a lot of people think that her mind was very obviously influenced by what she had seen on the on the big screen. And that movie had come out what year? I don't know. Like around then though. It did. It did come out in the mid-90s, I think. And she'd seen it apparently only a few months before she saw the monster. Ah, okay. You're looking it up. Yeah. Does it really matter? I want to see what it looks like. Oh, I thought you were looking up the movie. No. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. No genitals. Yeah, okay. That does sort of describe what she described, right? Or sorry, that does look like what she described. And the genitals can be elsewhere. Like, I knew a girl in high school. She had a vagina in the back of her head. I'm kidding. Oh, God. All right. So following the Madeline Tolentino story and experience, which made it again into the papers because the livestock killings had started to gain steam in the media, um, reports of similar sightings began to just absolutely flood in. And in the end, the media and the police had received almost 200 witness reports. Wow. So not just reports of... Livestock being killed, but people who claim to have actually seen the creature Madeline Tolentino described. And you know what? The attacks got so bad that caged animals had actually also been attacked and killed and mutilated. Mm. I'll give you some examples. So Luis Guadalupe, a 29-year-old construction worker, saw the creature, described it as a demon that flew through the air as he and his brother ran for their lives in a small town outside of San Juan. And mm. so this gives credence to the webbing underneath the um, underneath the arm. So it's kind of, you know what it was described as, you know those weird suits that you wear to sort of sail through the air? Yeah. It's like that, that you always see in spy movies. He said the creature was about four or five feet tall had huge elongated red eyes, a pointy long tongue, and the tongue was going in and out of its mouth the way a snake does with its tongue because it's smelling, right? It was gray, but the back was a different color. It was a monster. So that's what he said that the uh, creature looked like. Another sighting, Misael Negron, a college student in Canavanis, also saw the monster, and he described the incident as follows, and I quote, I was looking off the balcony one night, and I saw it step out of a bright light in the backyard. It was about three or four feet tall with skin like that of a dinosaur. It had bright red eyes the size of hen's eggs, long fangs, and multicolored spikes down its back and head. Though he pretty much stays with the Madeline Tolentino description of the creature. Hmm. And when uh, Negron, the person I just talked about, saw the creature, the creature then proceeded to kill the family goat, by draining its blood and then disemboweling the corpse. Is that the first time that had been done? A no. disembowelment? No, there had been a few disembowelments. The The types of mutilations and things that occurred are across the map. You know what this reminds me of a little bit? Is going way back to the, the beginning of our show, the Van Meter Visitor. Yeah. I don't remember that at all. It winged, beaked... Oh, yes, uh, yes, yes. stand and walk, and it was I actually was going after livestock. Interesting. Anyway. I was thinking the other day, did you do a weird podcast back in the early days about, like, a stink ghost? A ghost with a ba- bad smell? The gasser. Are you thinking of the, the mad gasser of Mattoon? So I wasn't dreaming. Nope. 
Okay, good, good. I was worried. And that okay. actually did happen. Like someone was gassing people in their homes in like a World War One gas mask. Terrifying and yeah. Okay, so the creature that we will soon call the chupacabra is generally described as being lizard-like. In, and we're talking the Puerto Rico version with green or gray scales, sharp spikes down its back. Everybody sees the spikes and everybody says the creature looks like a lizard walking on two feet. Generally described as being between three to four feet tall. So it's not a big creature. No. Some claim, some people claim that it moved like a dog and others, uh, other reports state that it hopped like a kangaroo on two feet. Uh, some witnesses reported that it possessed a long snake-like tongue, like I mentioned earlier, bright red eyes, and there was it was often accompanied by the overwhelming scent of sulfur. Hmm. Livestock are routinely killed during the night. The attacks never happen during the day, and they are most often goats. The corpse is almost uniformly drained of blood, and sometimes the creature will also devour the vital organs, which you asked about. Mm -hmm. Two puncture marks are most often found on the deceased animal. And uh, here's a note. A, vet a veterinarian in Puerto Rico named Carlos Soto examined the corpses of several of the animals that had been murdered and noted that the puncture wounds extended into their brains. And so when they had been bitten, it caused instant death. Oh, that is weird. And so the theory that some people came up with was that their fangs had straw-like sort of appendages that would come out and enter the body of the uh, the, the creature. To it. Well, to kill it too, because you get into the brain and you kill it instantly, right? Oh, weird. So then it could kill it and get on with its work. He also noted that none of the animals exhibited signs of rigor mortis which they should have, and that the wounds had a surgical precision about them. What would have not caused rigor mortis? Well, I don't know, but almost everything that dies experiences rigor mortis, yeah. right, shortly after death. So, Dan, as I mentioned earlier, the loss of livestock can have serious economic consequences for farmers and rural people. Like, they can, their livelihood can really take a hit. So, now enter Jose Soto. And he is a former police detective who is now the mayor of Canovanis. And Canovanis is where the Tolentino sighting occurred. That's the town where that happened. He states, uh, he stated at the time that he was taking the reports of this strange creature very seriously, given that more than 100 animals had died in the vicinity of the town that he is ultimately responsible for. So he does the right thing. He goes through the proper channels and reaches out to federal authorities in Puerto Rico for assistance in hunting down the mysterious creature. Enter Governor Pedro Rossello. And the governor's office responds that they will not assist. And they actually said this in the letter and they wished him luck in killing the monster. <laughs> <laughs> Why wouldn't they help? Because they don't believe it. Yeah, and they're just, I think they've got other fish to fry. And uh, the official statement from the governor's office states, and I quote, we feel that the situation is not one that merits alarm by the general public or visitors to the island. So that's their Can position. Can I just say that I find it strange? Like, you know that Puerto Rico is a part of the United States. I do. And why is it not a state? Like, Hawaii is a state. I don't know. I think that's weird. And they don't, they get kind of screwed over with a lot of things. So those people, going back to what you were saying about the livestock too, like they are, they're... they're. It's important. It's important. These are, are people that, yeah, they don't have a lot of luxuries that other Americans have, right? And the, a lot of these people counting on the goats as a way to feed their family, not the only way, but it's part of the way that they feed their children. 
Yeah. Did you know uh, Canada was there was talk that we were going to get Turks and Caicos for a while? Yes. For well, they Turks and Caicos petitioned to become part of Canada. But typical Canada, we didn't do it because it would have been. I, cool. I don't know. If it would have been good. We don't do anything cool here. That would have been kind of fun. You're right. It would have. We could have used that. Just go and use our currency there. Yeah, I know. It would have been anyway, a good place to vacation. It's a that, that's way off topic. Okay. So that's what the governor office has governor's office has to say. So enter the police superintendent Pedro Toledo, and the uh, governor, uh, not the governor, a mayor. Soto goes to him and says, hey, you know, we need help. But the police superintendent says, nope, he's not going to get involved. You know, you know what his problem is? Doesn't what? have a middle name. Exactly. And his last name is the name of a famous scale, the Toledo scale. Scale? Scale, like a scale to measure your weight. Toledo was the biggest manufacturer of scales for like 100 years. Oh. Yeah, like big scales, like scales you would use to weigh a cow. And it's a place in Ohio. Right? Yeah, it is. Maybe that's where it was made. I should look that up. I wonder if Toledo scales come from Toledo. Do an episode on uh, products uh, like brand names that people just don't care about. <laughs> I care about it. They're beautiful scales. <laughs> They're big. Okay, so left to his own devices, Mayor Soto decides to take matters into his own hands. Now, Mayor Soto is a famous character in Puerto Rico. Um, he's a well-known sportsman and a gun collector, and they kind of um, call him the Indiana Jones of the area. Oh. So he's got that kind of vibe. And he has a huge gun collection. So he puts together a safari to locate the mysterious creature. And the party comprises about 200 townsfolk, civil defense workers, and armed police and prison guards who volunteer. Wow. I know. It's, uh, it's quite a hunting party. And they, this is the part that makes me sad. It reminds me a bit of Jurassic Park. They use a caged goat as bait. Remember that scene yep. in beginning yep. of Jurassic Park? Yep. So they focus their search on the forest area known as El Yunque. I'm probably not pronouncing that right, but let's just call it that, El Yunque. And it's a, um, a park area. Okay. However, after lots and lots of searching, they do not manage to locate the creature. But Soto believes that they had created such a ruckus that they succeeded in frightening the creature off because from that point forward... No more attacks occur in that region. In that region? Yeah, in the Canovanis area, which was where a lot of it was going on. So, Dan, you are wondering about this. Now I'm going to, I'm going to assuage your curiosity. Puerto Rican political satirist Silverio Perez came up with the name Chupacabra that same year, 1995. Now, he meant it as a joke, but it was instantly adopted by the media as the official title for the creature, and it's been the name of the creature ever since. Do you know what the joke is behind Chupacabra? Like, what is that? Why is that a jokey name? Because you know what it translates to? Yeah. What does it translate to? Goat killer. Oh. So the Chupacabra means goat killer. Okay. So that's how the name Chupacabra came to be. It's a comedian, just used it in a flippant remark, but it suddenly became the thing. After that, encounters with the creature became very frequent, and they also start to leave Puerto Rico. Did you know that Don Wrinkles named the Zodiac Killer? Don Wrinkles. Don Wrinkles. That's not his name. Don Wrinkles, that bald, angry person. Yes. Is it Wrinkles? Yes. Okay. Anyway, whatever. Uh, okay. <laughs> I told you why it's Zodiac. I told you why they named the killer the Zodiac. 
All right. So the first sightings in the United States, Dan, occurred in Miami. Oh, so it goes on to mainland. Did I not just say that like two minutes ago? You were too busy getting your joke ready. Yeah. You were. I said it and you were like, you're getting ready. I could see you're like, ooh, I got one. <laughs> 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 yeah. And then others were subsequently reported in Mexico, Brazil, Chile, Spain, and Portugal. Very soon, the chupacabra had become a global phenomenon. However, and this makes such sense, no place adopted the legend more readily and more eagerly than Texas. Oh, interesting. So Texas became and remains ground zero now for chupacabra sightings. And the creature became very firmly cemented into the folklore of that state. So all of a sudden, it's a Texas thing. Is it? Is it a um, Spanish-speaking, Spanish-Americans? No. Is it part of their, it just Texans? Texans. Texans got into it heavily. Ben Radford, a researcher who works with, and okay, do you not want to work for this place? Listen to the name of this place. The Center for Skeptical Inquiry. Yes. Hi there, I'm Dan Lajuan. I work with the Center for Skeptical Inquiry. We don't believe you exist. We would fit right in. (laughs) So um, he's the author of a famous book called Tracking the Chupacabra. And in that book, he actually calls Texas the Chupacabra Factory. It's that outrageous. In the early 2000s, a number of people from Texas not only photographed the creature, but they also recovered bodies that matched the description of the Chupacabra. So it's important to note, Dan, that the the path is about to go in two directions. One we've already taken, which is the Puerto Rican version of the Chupacabra. Now we're going to deal with Texas. OG version. Mm -hmm. One of the most famous sightings occurred in June 2007. This is super famous. And this woman, if you ever watch any documentaries about the Chupacabra, this woman will be talking in that documentary. I guarantee Phyllis Canyon is a naturopathic doctor, and she owns a ranch in South Central Texas. And one day she saw what she described as a terrifying figure. It was a hairless canine creature with blue-gray flesh and bony limbs. Later that day, after she had seen the creature just sort of passing by very quickly, she discovers that one of her chickens has been killed and completely drained of blood. Hmm. Not eaten, just drained of blood. Just drained of blood. She doesn't understand what the hell is going on, but this would occur again and again over the next few days. So in frustration, Canyon, what are you doing? Chupacabra. What do you mean? What's that? I'm looking at pictures of the Chupacabra. Well, there's many versions of it. Yeah, I'm looking at them now. I won't be bullied by you. This helps me help you. Uh, will I ever find someone to pay attention to me? I'm <laughs> just looking at what you're talking about. I love... You do this to me all the time you look at these things. Like once. No, you did it last episode. I do it surreptitiously. What does that mean? I mean sneakily. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm just not as sneaky as you because I don't have much practice at being sneaky. Oh, Jesus. Okay. So Canyon sets up a camera system to try and catch the culprit in action because she's worried, right? Again, livestock... Death, can't happen, economic consequences. Mm -hmm. Over the course of several days, the camera footage revealed nothing. So she spoke with her neighbors about the incident. And in July, one of them phoned her urgently reporting that such a creature had been killed by a car near his property. So she jumps in her truck 
and off she goes. She wants to inspect the creature and she does so. And as she's doing it, this is hilarious. This would make a great movie. Uh, she receives another call about a similar carcass from another neighbor. So what? she speeds off to that location. This time she takes the second carcass, which is in much better shape, into her tractor and brings it back to her ranch. So she uses her tractor to transport it and takes it home with her. Now, this is where the whole story starts to lose a little bit of its helium. Scientists have determined that these corpses were only coyotes and wild dogs mm -hmm. that were suffering from a sarcoptic mange. Oh, uh, yeah. That's what I was wondering, yeah. The sarcoptic mange causes profound hair loss in animals. I didn't know this. Do you know what sarcoptic mange is in humans? No. Scabies. I know mange is, but I don't know what... what no, it's scabies. What is it? Scabies? Oh. So when animals become infected with scabies, it becomes sarcoptic mange. And their bodies react differently to it, and they get very, very ill. So scabies, which is a known social disease, is kind of like crabs. Scabies in humans isn't as dangerous, but in dogs and those kind in, in canines, it causes sarcoptic mange. So Canyon accepts what they have to say, but she refuses to believe it. She says that she is very familiar with mange being a rancher. And that the physical characteristics that these creatures have does not support the theory. She says, this isn't just mange. This is a whole other Did breed of pictures? animal. Yeah, there's lots of pictures. Okay. Well, I, I, don't, I wouldn't know because I'm not allowed to look at them. Oh, poor little baby. I'm just going to get a huge bowl to catch your tears. How about that? <laughs> and then I'll sing your little song and we'll have a bath and we'll put you to bed. Well, that'd be nice. Thanks, Dad. Okay. So... She has actually theorized that they might be an unknown species of coyote that live underground and thirst for blood. She said there's a legend in the region about a specific branch of the coyote family that ended up being subterranean dwellers. They would live in caves and stuff. So she believes that this might be that. So she's not going for the paranormal or the supernatural right. explanation right off the right She's off the just bat. saying this is an animal I've never seen before. Exactly. That was a very succinct way of, of putting that all together. Thank you. You're welcome. So she has kept one of the corpses, Dan, <laughs> which has been stuffed and is now a prominent feature in her living room. Oh. So if you ever look up pictures of her, she has it in her living room. And it just looks like a dog from a video game that's possessed. Look it up. Look up what, Phyllis so Canyon, Phyllis, C-A-N-I-O-N, and Chupacabra. And tell me what you see. Because she's always photographed with that dog, with oh, that thing. Oh, is it, it look like it's a, a wood, like her living room looks like a wood. Well, she'll be standing next to a giant stuffed gray dog. Well, I'm seeing a dog stuffed specimen of an authentic Texas. That's it. Okay. That's it. But she's not in the photo. Oh, okay. Well, she's There's like a every... zebra head in the background. It just looks like a dog without without hair. And evil eyes. Well, looks cute to me. It can't be that one. That looks cute. So, yeah, the corpse, she keeps it. Okay, and it's there. So it's been it's been taken care of by a taxidermist, and it's now part of her living space. Jeez, that just looks like a dog to me, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Hey, man. You don't say man often. It threw me. Okay, Dan, let's talk about vampirism, because I know you're um, a big fan. Do you like that? I do find that stuff interesting. So I didn't know this, but did you know blood is really hard to live off of? No, I didn't. I didn't know that either. So scientifically, it's almost impossible to live off of. The reason is, it's so high in iron 
that the iron will build up in the bloodstream and cause all kinds of organ failure. Oh. Because I know people that actually have that problem and they have to actually go and be drained of yeah, the blood. Yeah, I was, yes, there's polycythemia vera, which is a form of leukemia where your body is producing uh, too much red, red blood cells and you need to, to have them drained from you every so often. Treated with medication and things What like a that. strange life, eh? Can you imagine? I was tested for it. That's why I know so much about it. I have an yeah. unusually high red cell blood count. That would explain a lot. Well, it did explain back when I was young and in shape why I was a good runner. Because I have oxygen-rich blood, so I wouldn't run out of breath very easily. My muscles didn't tire as quickly as others. Oh, that's handy. It was, yeah. It was just concerning when at the age of, in my early 40s, they, oh my God, you have like way high, uh, high count in, in with your red blood cells. And it, w it took a blood specialist to do some digging. And she goes, you, if you look at your pre-Crohn's disease, you had this high blood cell count. You're healthy now with your Crohn's and that's why your blood has gone back up. But for years I was bleeding internally and it was... It was low and this is boring. And I'm sure people would much rather listen to your story with the chupacabra. Okay, let's go back to it. So actual vampiric animals and precisely mosquitoes, lamprey, eels, vampire bats. All of these creatures have structures in their mouths and digestive tracts that allow them to live off blood without being damaged internally. That I did not know. So they know. have their, their, the way that they process food is, is engineered in such a way that they don't suffer the dire consequences of eating blood. So all those gothy kids out there who want to suck blood because they think it's cool, think twice. <laughs> so the creatures that have been identified as chupacabra don't have the anatomy needed to exist on blood. They're canine, the Texas version are canine. There's no way, but the reptilian ones could possibly. Interesting. Could possibly exist on blood. So um, this is a short one this week and I'm gonna take you, we're, we're, we're coasting down towards the runway now. So the original version, Dan, I spoke of the one that uh, Canavanis, the one that was in Puerto Rico and then went on to parts of South America. It was a reptilian creature. But that's all changed now. And the chupacabra is now pretty uniformly described as being lupine. I love that name, that word, lupine. Mm -hmm. There are a couple of really shitty horror movies about the chupacabra or movies that the chupacabra feature in, and they're all stupid. Did you watch them? No, but the creatures look kind of like a dog from hell, like something you would see in a video game, like something you would see in uh, Resident Evil or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Okay. What are the theories? This week we are going to have the theories section. I want to make a song for the theories. Like, it's theory section, it's theory section. What the hell is going on? Uh, no, that's more. it. No, it would just be like a tagline. Oh. Like, it's theory time, it's theory time. Go and get a glass of wine or some stupid So, Dan, theories, 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 theories. Many believe the Chupacabra is a demonic entity from hell, sent from hell to you ravage if a demonic entity was from heaven it's a shame though that the entity doesn't kill people what a waste just gonna kill i was livestock. gonna ask that so it never did kill anyone nope. or attack anyone nobody has ever been attacked that i know of i'm sure somebody out there says they were but none of the top stories report any human beings and remember they always hunt nocturnally and most sensible mm -hmm. people are asleep now this is good this one you'll like there are other people that assert that it is actually an escaped United States genetics experiments. 
Well, and what's interesting is that when I'm looking at pictures of it, it does look like the creature that washed up on shore at Montauk. Mm -hmm. And we know over here in North America, we love to theorize about secret genetic experiments. Mm -hmm. I There's a pretty big theory that I'm a secret genetic experiment. Well, they say that Marjorie Taylor Greene was actually a failed genetic experiment. Yeah, I would agree with that. I was watching her this week. I was watching her in the trial. And every question she asks is like, I don't remember. I don't remember. But didn't she get nailed a few times? Too? She did. Like, and she so he said, oh, you lying. don't remember? Well, here's the evidence. She's like, oh, wait, I remember now. Uh, yeah. It was fabulous. It was like and being like questioned. Her down pathways where she's like openly lying and then they present her with the yes. option. Oh, well, I mean, I, I, well, uh, like she's it's in like, trouble, it's right? like, You know what? It's like watching an asshole bully be questioned by a really smart vice principal. Yeah. Is she, is she in trouble with the law? Well, they're trying to make sure that she can't run again because she's so hateful. Yeah. Right? Which is it's the right dangerous. thing to do. I, I think these really hateful politicians, they just need to go away. We, we're we not making any progress with these I don't care people. what side of the ledger you are on, whether you're left or right. Me I'm not neither. American. I have no stake in, in those politics. But we're seeing this around the world. I just don't care if you're spewing things that aren't true, if you're sowing division amongst people. I have no time for you. We need to stop voting shitty human beings into office. Yeah. That's what I got to say about go. That's that. That's our PSA. Yeah. So U.S. genetics experiment, I got no details on that. There's nothing about that. It's just some people believe that, right? Sure. Like the demonic piece. Yes. Others believed that it is a creature that has been left behind by alien visitors to plague our planet. <laughs> uh-huh. Now, this is where it gets really fucking weird. Okay. So perfect for the show. Some think that the purpose of this alien creature is to collect blood and to spread HIV. Oh my God. And this is not like a one person theory. This is pretty, not widely adopted, but there's a lot of people who actually support that theory. They think the whole purpose of that creature is just to get HIV out there. Because mosquitoes, you know. Aren't doing a good job. Yeah. Mosquitoes don't spread HIV. I know they don't. So what was that all about? You're now now we're going to be responsible for a stupid rumor. <laughs> my 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 wife got bit by a mosquito and now she's got the HIV. <laughs> no, but I mean, is it, it's the same logic, right? Mosquitoes can't, so this thing couldn't either. I'm I'm poo pooing that theory. In 2000, a Nicaraguan rancher shot a creature that was attacking his goats. And he believed that it was, in fact, a chupacabra. Mm -hmm. The body was recovered. And here's another great name. And experts at the National Autonomous University of Nicaragua revealed that it was a common dog afflicted with what appeared to be mange. Yep. Okay. I love the name of that university, the National Autonomous University of Nicaragua. So autonomous means it's not being influenced by anybody. So I guess they have a problem over in Nicaragua with their universities being influenced by business or political entities. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. I, I think that's a in. problem in a lot of places. So most experts believe that the chupacabras are, in fact, coyotes or feral dogs that have been infected with disease. Mm -hmm. um, oh, by the way, did you know scabies used to be called the seven-year itch? No. Yeah, it's called the seven-year itch. I don't I guess know a lot about scabies. You seem to know a lot well, about Well, it's it. no, it's, you don't see it much anymore. It's like head lice or other things that have kind of gone by the yeah, way. I wouldn't even have known that it was like that. Yeah, so you don't, it's, we're, we're a different species now, but it used to be quite a thing, scabies. So a seven-year itch, which was also a movie. Now, Dan, 
don't worry. People are still seeing chupacabras out there. They're around. And livestock are still being murdered by mysterious creatures. And we know that because a lot of UFO lore is attached to the murder of livestock. Yep. While you can easily explain away the current chupacabra, the Texas version, the U.S. version using the dog mange theory, again, we have all those earlier sightings, hundreds and hundreds that describe a distinct reptilian creature that didn't resemble a dog in any manner. Mm-hmm. And, the, and, and the feeding habits, unlike a dog too, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm going to leave you with one final thing. And this is homework for all of the weird fans. Involved coloring? <laughs> you need to color this map of the world. Do you remember that one? <laughs> Everyone yes. did that, right? Yeah, I loved I loved map. coloring yeah. maps. But coloring maps was fun. Yeah. yeah. And it would, give, it would hopefully give you a, you know, a sense of what the world was really like. Uh-huh. There was an amazing video, Dan, from 2016 of such a creature. People, a lot of people believe that it's the the reptilian chupacabra walking through the desert region of Portugal. It's super disturbing. Watch it. It's really cool. It's like, it's like the famous Bigfoot video. It's that good. Oh, okay. I watched it a couple of times. So a lot of people claim, there it is. This is the chupacabra. Wow. You're going to go look now. Yeah, because I want you, you need to hear my reaction to it. Portugal so, chupacabra video. And video. Oh, geez. See it? Oh, my. And the video is very convincing. Oh, that's creepy. It's cool, eh? Well, I'm just looking at a still image because it's just there. Okay. It's very big footy, but tiny. It's a small foot. Oh, my God. It reminds me of Dobby from, from Harry Potter. It always comes back to Harry Potter with you, doesn't it? Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's so weird. That is weird. So people who have seen that film say that it matches the description of the reptilian chupacabra. Yeah, that's not a coyote because it's bipedal. It does look a bit like a a kangaroo. Yeah, and a lot of people say they hop, right? And and this thing had that long arms just sort of almost touching the ground. That That was weird. That's weird. So that is the icing on the weird cake, Dan. That is all I yeah, have for you. that is some icing. This week. So we have the chupacabra, and I would say we have two versions of the chupacabra, two mm-hmm. very distinct descriptions, two very distinct experiences, but they're both equally fascinating. And like I said, out there in the world, people are still seeing the mysterious chupacabra. I agree with you. I think you're talking about two different things. Certainly what they're finding in Texas probably is some sort of mange that's running rampant. If what they're seeing in Puerto Rico and other places like Portugal, and then that's something very different. Yeah, exactly. That is odd. And we know that coyotes and wolves don't make small, circular, precise incisions. They just maul no, and eat, and eat the flesh. And, and these are like going after blood. They're blood. Like, so, uh, it's odd. odd so you, odd, don't, odd. you don't think it was left here by aliens to spread HIV? Well, I was leaning more towards shingles. But I had shingles. Yeah, I didn't. I had chicken pox, but no shingles. I had shingles. Yep. I had it a couple of years ago. It ain't fun. No, I've heard it's terrible. It was weird. It wasn't as painful as I had been led to believe it was, but it was just really, um, it's the word I'm looking for. It wasn't debilitating. It just was annoying as hell. It mm. just got in my way for a couple of weeks and I had to take medication. But now I know what to, what to look for. I had a great emergency room doctor, though. I, I came in and said, I have this back pain and all this pain. And he's like, I want to look at your back. And he lifted up my shirt and he's like, yep, you got shingles. He knew. 
Ding, 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 ding. He's a young emergency doctor and he just knew right where to go. And I was in and out of there in 10 minutes. He was efficient. It was amazing. And he whisked you away to Paris and oh. you have now been together for the last 12 years. <laughs> Can you imagine? Good Lord, I'd live in a better house than this. Uh, oh, what are you talking about? What you talking about? But I'd have a swimming pool. Oh, yeah. We, I think I'd like to get a swimming pool. You have, oh, you have an above ground. Above ground, I think we're thinking in the ground. Dan, um, that is my offering this week. I This is what I bring to the Weird Buffet, the Chupacabra. So now we've done the Chupacabra. We have, and we will do it again, but in French. Uh, for folks listening, uh, episodes 101 to 199 will be solely in French. Okay, so um, folks, that is my story. I hope that you enjoyed it. As always, I will leave you with these words of wisdom. Continue to join us on this journey and share the word of the weird with anyone you know that would be interested in the kind of things we talk about. And if they're not interested in the kinds of things we talk about, you need to examine why you're friends with them in the first place. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, we post pictures and other interesting tidbits. Coming soon is uh, our very own website where a lot of this material, our episodes, and uh, we're going to have a merchandise store, and uh, you'll be able to see pictures from different episodes. Soon that will be made available to you, and we'll have details on that coming very shortly down uh, the line. We have a fabulous web designer from uh, a UFO, uh, Riley. I don't know if you're aware that uh, uh, that is where we, we picked him up. Fantastic and uh, otherworldly, I think, is a good way to describe his work. And you know that somewhere on that website, you're going to be able to buy a T-shirt that says Five Wangs Up. <laughs> and yeah, Gilboa. Oh, poor Gilboa. No, but Five, Wang, Five Wangs Up was the funniest thing, the, the, the porn rating system. I give this video <laughs> Five Wangs. That was one of the funniest things you've said in our lifetime. Oh, boy. That was a good one. All right. Well, that's it for us, folks. I hope you have a very wonderful day. Or if it's evening, good night. We love you. Thanks again. And um, watch out for the chupacabras. Good night. Arribaba!